Welcome to another installment of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and wherever you have found the show, thank you for listening. This podcast is widely available, so know that there are lots of options out there to listen and subscribe. The website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Please spread the word about NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Long Island, New York, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player who continues to perform with Grammy Award winner and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Billy Joel. At the beginning of June, he released a new single of his own and has a new solo album on the way. He was a guest on this show just over three and a half years ago, back on episode 150, and among his work since then has been a single that will be on his upcoming album, which has a music video featuring actor Kevin James. He also continues to perform with his Billy Joel tribute band called Big Shot. You've been hearing a song of his called Mona Lisa. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Mike Del Judas. How are you? Good to be with you. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Yeah, good to have you back on the show. Let's start off, Mike, by having you tell the listeners all about the song that we were just playing called Mona Lisa. And I want to mention, really great song. I really like that. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, Mona Lisa's um, a song that uh, got birth probably, I'd say, you know, the musical part, uh, probably a couple of years ago, I had some sections to it. And then... Uh, finally decided to get the band together and go in the studio and we did a little pre-production and the song is is about um, my relationship with Christina and uh, Christina uh, who's, who was my second wife back in 2000 uh, we had broken up for about 17 years and we reunited hmm. uh, and when we reunited back in 2017 it uh, obviously a song was right there on the you know in the midst and ready to go hmm. um, so yeah the song really really talks about uh it's got a lot of uh, history in there and just basically, uh, you know, what the relationship and being back with her again brought me and how I viewed how I viewed our relationship. And 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 just in regards to, you know, there's a lot of a lot of personal things in there that people might, you know, question about lyrics. So what did that lyric mean or not mean? And some of some of it's very personal and has deliberate meaning. And uh, it's a really special song to do. It, it was nice. I, I was definitely went for a uh, more straight ahead approach on the production. Uh, just four guys in the studio cutting it, uh, just cello, piano, drums, and bass, and uh, captured a live vocal during the, during the actual, you know, recording of the music. So it was nice to capture the whole essence as a band and get the song old school and do it old school and have a whole band, you know, cutting it at the same time. Uh, came together nice in the studio. There was something that you said in there that I want to go back to, and I'm really surprised that, this is episode 343, and I really don't know that I've ever asked a guest this question before, which is, obviously, a lot, a lot, a lot of songs are written from personal experiences, personal relationships, and sometimes people know that the song is about them or might be about them. I wonder, Mike, have you ever written a song that was clearly about someone and had that person come back at you and be upset about it because... My guess is that if I would have asked this question before, any songwriter would probably say, well, I don't care if they are upset. It's my song, and I can create whatever my art leads me to. Uh, I think that's a, I, I think that's gonna, that would probably be some of my answer, maybe a little bit of my answer, because ultimately, I think songwriting, you know, a lot of people write in journals. A lot of people, you know, put their thoughts down that way. For, for a songwriter, we're really, in order to really get the emotion of the song across so that when people listen to it, they can actually relate to it, not only relate to it, but feel the actual energy coming off the song uh, the way it was intended to be written, you have that kind of situation where you got to be real, you know, and, uh, you know, being real, part of coming, you know, being real is kind of like airing out your dirty laundry for the world to see. And, and mm. you know, most people who write journals and, and, and see therapists, they don't really tell anybody they're doing that. Whereas musicians, songwriters, mm. when we write a song like that, we're, you know, my songs are very literal. And yeah, there are definitely times when I think for my, for me, it's probably more 
hey, who'd you write that one about? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, maybe somebody getting mad that if it wasn't about me, then which one, which one was that about? You know, uh, you, you get that kind of thing. And I know that Billy has had that because he's been married the same amount of times I have. So I think there's there's always questions to, you know, you know, to that. And the, and, and the person you're with now has to deal with the ghosts of, of songwriting past and, you know, and, and memories past. Um but but I think that would be the case with with most songs is that yeah you you know in order to be real you have to you got to kind of dig deep and you got to get emotional and yeah there's definitely moments you know when I'm you know playing when I played Mona you know I played Mona Lisa for you know Christina when I first played it for her and I'm sure that there are just like with Billy there are ex wives or ex girlfriends who will listen and go you know oh well you know he wrote a song about me once and that kind of thing but I think the difference between the songs you know, that I'm writing now, uh, especially, you know, in the, in back in the Christina phase now is, is the rea the reality of it, that the real, I would say we're so real. Uh, we have a relationship that's very, you know, we, we met in high school, so we, it goes so far back. Um, so our history is very long, uh, between our families, between each other. Um, we, we, we share a son together, Colby, who's, who's 19 years old. So there's a lot that, that goes there. And I, and I think that, you know, Mona Lisa is one of those, you know, there's a line in Mona Lisa that just says, uh, drink me your poison slow, you know, because there's always this, you know, it's a tongue in cheek kind of thing, you know, and with us, it's always, and there's a new, a new song actually on the new album called right place, wrong time. It's a similar thing. Like we were, we're always been right for each other, but it just never seemed to be the right moment or the right time or, mm. uh, always something getting in the way you know whether whether back in the day it'd be family or whatever um immaturity just being young mm -hmm. that sort of thing and with mona lisa it's kind of the same thing where it's like look man i don't know where we're going with this i love the way it feels uh but if it's poison and if, if, and if we're going down then i'm drinking it i don't care <laughs> you know it's it, you know, it's one of those, you know, reckless abandoned things where it's just, look, I'm going down with you. The ship goes down, we're going down together. And it's, I don't know whether, you, whether you're good for me or bad for me right now because we had just started back up again. But it was like, whatever it is, I'm feeling something, you know, and I haven't felt that in so long, probably since uh, we were together uh, back in the day. So I was like, you know what, here we go. I'm throwing, I'm throwing everything on 17 black. Let's do it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that old expression, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> I don't want to be right. You ain't kidding. Yeah, it's, it's definitely that, yeah, with Mona Lisa. And, uh, but, yeah, very really, really proud of the song. And uh, Ben Wish um, actually did the mix on that. He's the guy that uh, mixed uh, Walking in Memphis um, for, for Mark Cohn, which ended up winning a Grammy. So it was nice to... It was nice to to, to hear what he did with the song too but we, we recorded it here at uh, Cove City Studios um, Richie Kanata's studio uh, and John Arbuckle um, doing all the engineering and, and it really helped mixing the whole thing also together so it's been really nice uh, working here and, and uh, now finishing what Mona Lisa started you know yeah. last year or two years ago now finishing this project is really nice and, you know, to circle back around to that question, you know, I guess a songwriter is going to say, look, when I put something out into the world, I want it to affect people in whatever way they interpret it and it affects them. I'm not going to not do the song because of what one person might react to it adversely. They're going to know it's about them and, oh, well, I'll deal with the consequences. I'm in this more for the unwashed masses and not to please one person who might be upset about a, a song I wrote about them. Absolutely, because how how what would it be like to look back on it, you know, years later and go, man, I wish I would have just been more real. But you know, like to me, um, being honest, honesty is 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 really the core of it all. Because when you're honest, it's about capturing energy, and I think when you're the most honest, people will relate the most. And not only that, but there's there's something that happens when you write a song. And there's an initial energy when you're writing it, an emotion that comes off of it. And after you've played it a million times or sung it a million times, that energy kind of goes away. So when you capture mm. the initial feeling, initial feeling, and I'm the same way in the studio when I record, I love to capture early takes, mm. you know, and not, not kill it, not burn it to death, because I really love capturing that raw energy that's coming out in the vocal and the lyric. Uh, and energy attaches to things that we do. And I think that's what comes forward to people on the radio. And that's why people can feel it, not just relate to the lyric, but actually feel the energy coming off. Of yeah. It. Yeah. But yeah, gotta be real. 
And I think people admire and respect someone who's willing to make themselves be vulnerable because they see that this person is being authentic and they're not just trying to pass off something that will sell or something that they think people want to hear. It's look, this is who I am. I'm going to expose my wounds and I'm going to put out there, like you say, maybe the first take that I lay down or the second take that we lay down. And I think you're going to feel a lot better about me giving you this than something that is so, so polished that it took us till nine or 10 takes to get there. Yeah, and after the 10th take, i got to tell you, the emotion of what I wrote it about is no longer really going to be uh, on the take that I'm singing. Wow. You know what I mean? The earlier takes where you're really grasping, where you're getting into it and going, what did I write this about? And every every time I'm singing a, a line, I'm thinking of the actual experience that I wrote the line about. Mm. And that's the energy, that real energy that I think comes off on it. Yeah, and after you've, after you've killed it, you know, after you've, you know, stuck a fork in it after 10 times, 20 times, you just kind of like, all right, we've lost the emotion here. I think we've lost, yeah. wow. you know, what's real about it. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think it's definitely to say that. Listeners, there are less than two weeks until the drawing for a $25 Amazon e-gift card. If you haven't done so by now, do fill out the survey about this show that is out there. And in the process, get yourself in the running to potentially be the winner of that. To find the survey, see the pinned post at the top of the Facebook feed or the pinned tweet at the top of the Twitter feed. If you're not already following on Facebook or Twitter, the easiest way to find one or both of those accounts is to go to my show website, nhte.net, and there are icons there for those and other social media and podcast platforms. You can also just write to me through podcast at nhte.net and tell me you want to fill out the survey, and I will email you back with a link to it. The drawing for the gift card will take place on September 14th. After Mike and I are done with this interview, he and I are going to record additional conversation that will only be available through the Patreon for this show, I've been putting out exclusive content on there all the way back to last Christmas. So the past 36 episodes of this show all have extra audio for you to hear over there. Plus, much in the same way that I encourage you every week to support the guests who appear on this show, the Patreon is a way for you to support me and what I do here, as I like to call them my new releases that I put out each week. It's only 5 bucks to get started, and you can do so directly at patreon.com nhte or just go to the show website, nhte.net, and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button that you'll see there. Hear more from Mike Del Judas and not only previous guests, but those in the weeks and months to come as well. So listeners, in the intro, I mentioned that Mike released a single whose music video features actor Kevin James. That song, Mona Lisa, that you just heard Mike talking about that we were playing at the beginning, is that song. Mike, close to 27,000 views on that video on YouTube, a really, really great-looking video. Just talk about that project. Yeah, I mean, that project was, you know, I I was working with Kevin on his uh, sitcom, Kevin Can Wait, and I had written, you know, the theme for that. Uh, Ordinary Guy was the theme for uh, Kevin Can Wait. Uh, We were finishing up wrapping wrapping up the uh, second season, and I did a final episode acting um, in the episode with Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, and Kevin. And we had gotten done with that, and I guess there was some time going by where we were kind of, you know, Kevin was really wanting to do something musically while we were waiting to see whether the show was going to get picked up again. Mm. Uh, we were in his in his studio in his office, just kind of hanging out, and we always talk music, and we sit uh, sit at the keyboard, and I help him out with. He loves to play keyboard. I try to play keyboard, and I help him out with it. Um, and we're sitting there, and he's just like, "I want to do something musical," and we 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 chatted about it for a while. And then it reached the point where I was just like, you know what, let me, I got this new song. I said, Kevin, I got this new song. Let me play you this new song. Just tell me what you think. Maybe it'll inspire you in some way. And, you know, we could do something. Because he was thinking about adding music to his his uh, stand-up uh. routine and have me maybe come down. Which I did. I actually went down to one of his shows and we did a couple of songs, uh, parody songs from the last <laughs> episode with Chris Rock. Where, you know, where, where Kevin and me, Chris and Adam put the band back together that we had in high school, you know, back in the uh, it was a real fun episode to shoot, and one of the songs is called "Hard Pretzels," you know. And it's a, it's a, it's actually a song that I wrote called "All Wrong" that I wrote about my daughter. I used that melody, and we changed the lyric to make it kind of funny and satire. Um, so you know, we did that, and we tried it at one of his shows. It was like, all right, you know, that could work, maybe not work. So we're sitting in the studio, and I just said, at his office rather, in, in uh, you know, Nassau County. I said, check this song out. And I was, there was just a keyboard there. I sat down, I played the song for him. I had my eyes closed. I 
opened my eyes up maybe three quarters of the way through the song and he was already, you know, cause that's, this is Kevin, you know, pacing around the office, just, <laughs> you know, just going nuts. You could tell his, his, the lights were going off. You had the circle over his head, you know, you had the captions going on. Uh, and immediately we got done. He's like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like he just really got into it. He's just, just he's a great dude. He's got so much energy and so much passion. Um, and he's like, we got to do so. We got to do a video. We we'll shoot a music video for that, you know. Mm. Uh, he was even talking to me at the time about, hey, I'm doing Fallon soon. Maybe we could do something on Fallon. And I was like, look, you know, <laughs> you know, slow down here. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, what are we going to do with the song though on Fallon? How would we do it? Am I going to be playing and you're going to be doing pirouettes with Jimmy, you know, behind <laughs> me? Like, what's 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 the thing, you know? So we laughed about it. And, you know, he laughed jokingly and said to somebody in his office, he's like, look at this, the only guy that I would try to get on national TV and he tells me no, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but it turned out to be a great thing. He's like, I think we should shoot a music video. Um, and he, you know, by the time we, I got done on there, he was on the phone with somebody. He had a music, he had a, a video crew come down. I think mm. they were out of New Hampshire or somewhere. Uh, they came down. He already had it in his head how he was kind of visualizing and then it was the thing that you know it's going to be a serious video or a comedy video kind of because you know um kevin rather's always you know basically done comedy with sure. most of the stuff he's done and sure. we had a nice conversation about that and he was really open uh to to you know hey look man this is your single you know like this is let's do it right we'll do it whatever and he really took it seriously man like mm. you know he was really sensitive to that it's, you know because you have a heavyweight like Kevin behind you who's, you know, going to go out and, you know, you know, on his Instagram alone, I think there was 200,000 views of the wow. video, 300,000 wow. views. So it really, it really did well on there. And I only put it out on YouTube after that. So obviously everyone had already seen it on his site. So okay. <laughs> my YouTube is just like lagging behind on it. Uh, but a lot of people did see it. Um, and, and the way he took it seriously and he had, you know, he actually hired Tony from Dancing with the Stars, and he really wanted to do some good, you know, dance, wow. dance. And he really did. I mean, he took it seriously. Uh, yeah, just amazing. You know, his work ethic and his passion behind it, and just his belief in me and what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, really, you know, and not just you know being a Billy Joel guy because he knows me from Billy and all that, but but really taking a liking to my own material and, nice. and I really gave me a boost of confidence nice. and really helped. Where is that venue in the video where you're shown playing the piano? That's actually in the the, uh, the studios that he shot Kevin Can Wait in. It's in, uh, uh, I forget what town it's in. It's in Nassau County, and it used to be an old Grumman uh, air, aircraft carrier, you know, uh, kind of thing, and it got re converted to a, a studio. Uh, and he shot the, you know, live live shows he did in there, and he's got all sets in there. It's a huge building, big complex. Mm. Gold Coast Studios, I believe is the name of it. Um, and we, we shot it in there, you know, we, uh, and he, you know, he had this vision of uh, walking with a walk through the lights and put smoke in the back and Mikey sit at the, you know, I had me sitting at the piano and, you know, he, he did, went to the cello. He just, you know, he's really creative and we just tried a bunch of different things. And, and then a big pause, like eight months happened before we shot the next part. And I think in part it was because we had then, then found out that the show had got canceled. The mm -hmm. Kevin can wait show wasn't going to go on season. And there was a lot of downtime, and I think Kevin had Kevin's vision for this song was that he wanted to do it in the wintertime and have some snow in the shot. Uh, so we waited, you know, we waited patiently. I mean, I, you know, I didn't even, talk, I, I just kind of let it go. It was almost a year, I think, went by and wow. kind of let it go. Got that first part, yeah. And then, you know, and of course, I trust him because, you know, I know him. He's, you know, he gets passionate. He just, it, it, the resurgence of it, hey, man, when are we going to do this? You know, he sent me a text, you know, I said, it's up to you, buddy, whenever you want. You know, you're the one. You're the one really doing this and footing the bill for it. So it was like, uh, he's like, well, I want to do it, do a scene at City Field. I want to do shoot some stuff in the snow. And before you know it, it was just right back up. He had like a bunch of my fans come down to invite him to City Field to be extras in the video. And uh, you know, he shot all those scenes. I wasn't even at those. I wasn't even there at oh those scenes. Gosh. At the shooting of those scenes within Florida. I just moved to Florida. So. Um, it was it was really incredible what he did, uh, and then we got back together to, to work on the finish. You know, the finishing the editing, and you know how long are we going to do for Instagram? We'll put out this shorter video, and then we'll do a, a longer version. Uh, we went forth about that, and uh, and there it was. I mean, it was this finished feature, which I I just I love the video. Yeah. I mean, I almost don't even want to listen to the song unless I'm watching the video now. <laughs> well, listeners, I want to encourage you to go and look for it if you haven't seen it before. Go on 
Mike's YouTube and definitely look up the video. It's really, really well done. I also mentioned in the intro that there's a new album on the way from you. What can you share with the audience about that, Mike? When will it be out? How many songs will there be? I, th- I think you're saying it's it's being recorded in Long Island. Is there anyone notable that you're working with on it that we should know about? Just those types of details. Yeah, recording it at uh, Cove City Studios. Uh, Richie Kanata, who is uh, Billy Joel's former sax player, uh, has had this studio up and running for a long time, mm. uh, ever since he worked with Billy. And um, yeah, it's just a great studio here, you know, uh, great vibe, very home, home-like vibe. I've recorded a lot here in the past. I love to come here and obviously love to support Richie. Uh, he's just a great guy. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, and um uh, he's got uh, just a fantastic um, engineer here that works here. His name's John Arbuckle. He just does an amazing job. He's got great ears. Uh, and we just, you know, kind of, um, you know, I set out to do it to really release singles. Mm. Um, so what we came up, I came up recently with the whole family uh, for work, really just to do some gigs. And then I was like, wow, there was downtime. And I'm like, you know what? I have all these songs in the in the pipe, they're ready to go. Uh, I, I, this is the one album where I really had lyrics done before, you, you know, anything before arrangements mm. and, it, and I've never the case with me. I'm always like struggling to write lyrics at the end. So that's how I knew this was going to be a real meaningful album mm-hmm. is that so many of my thoughts and feelings were already ready. Uh, so which made the recording process a lot easier. Uh, I called up some old friends, Chris Marshak, uh, guy I went, I went to school with one of my first drummers I ever played with, uh, in grade school. Wow. And, uh, together with um, Pat Falco on bass, um, somebody that he works with, and Carmine Giglio, who plays with me in Big Shot. He's just an amazing keyboardist. And we came in, acoustic guitar, some keys, you know, bass and drums. Again, very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started cutting, and, and it's been it's been fantastic. I mean, it's I'm really excited about this. It's a, I didn't realize there would be this, it would be this deep of, a, of an album as far as you know, because I, I haven't, I wasn't thinking of an album. I'm still not really. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of just releasing a few more singles. Singles, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Mona Lisa's out, and then a new uh, Where Do the Heroes Go just came out recently uh, on on iTunes and Spotify and all that with the video. So that would be the second. And now I figured I'm going to do and maybe release another two singles from the album from this from this particular album, and then I'm going to put the album out. Because uh, I didn't realize, I thought it was just going to be an EP of maybe four or five songs. It's turning out it's going to have probably about eight songs, eight to nine songs on it. So, wow. uh, very, very excited about it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a body of work until we came here and did this. And then mm-hmm. I listened to it all and I was like, wow, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> <I'm> really <laughs> interesting. You know, it's deeper than I thought. So, uh, very excited about it. So listeners, I'll remind you a couple more times, but it's all the more motivation to make sure that you're following Mike online so you can see when those next couple singles come out and then when the album itself comes out. Mike, you were last on this show at the end of 2016, and the next year, 2017, you started something called Live on the Porch. And not only has it continued on since then, but the quarantine actually helped to really propel it. Fill the audience in on what that is and kind of the journey that you've been on with it since its creation three years ago. Uh, Sure, yeah. It started out just as me one night sitting out on literally out on my porch up in sound beach new york uh with with max with my dog max and and uh who you know was a very big inspiration at the beginning it was kind of like mike and max on the porch so to speak so and i just sat out there with an acoustic guitar and went live and just waited to kind of see who kind of clicked on and it started that way very organic and then uh, the perfectionist in me and you know (laughs) got a hold of me and after after quite a few weeks of suffering through sound checks and you know trying to get the sound right doing all that it really it really developed over over two years of me getting you know the sound the way it was and then i also added an after show started adding that where i would make it organic and go back outside which is the acoustic again and talk to fans and and chat with people and it started at it started kind of like a facebook almost a facebook reality show kind of thing Mm. um musical kind of reality show but interactive which is not common with most reality shows in that in that sense yeah never looked at it as a show really it's more like a a thing to just get together with a bunch of fans and maybe you know let them into my life a little bit and uh and to be able to play songs my own song Mm -hmm. it was really started as a forum where i wasn't just going to do billy stuff anymore where it was going to be 
you know, where I could really just create a form where people weren't going to listen expecting to hear Billy yeah. songs, you know, so, yeah. and it got, it basically spoon fed them over the last couple of years of listening to my songs. And it really, I think it, it, that's where it kind of took off from there, you know, and I, and I think the COVID thing, yeah, was the, that was when I really resurrected it and went, really went for, went for broken, getting the, the sound and the, the video and the production right. And if you watch it over the course of the year, you'll see how it just developed and got better and better uh, just, just through trial and error and honestly through a lot of heartache, man. I just, <laughs> you know, technical stuff will just take the life out of you. So, you know, most of the time, most of the people see those broadcasts and they're like, oh, that was a great show. Meanwhile, it was like three hours right up to the minute that I started <laughs> that I literally just wanted to jump out my window, you know, <laughs> like going crazy. Right. Uh, and, and yeah, and I, and I think it, it developed through, through the COVID thing and you call it, I, you know, kept it as live on the porch and then just made the series uh, for this year called the Corona concert series. And we, you know, and we did it, we did a quarantine style like that. And, and the fans, yeah, it got a lot of new fans. I noticed that a lot of the porch, a lot of the porch following are not necessarily people that knew who big shot was. They maybe saw me through Billy and then mm. got addicted kind of to the show. Uh, and then Billy actually let me do a, he hosted one of my shows on his page and that wow. really boosted it too. Wow. Yeah. I want to tell the listeners, it, it really has a life of its own. Your wife, your daughter, your dog have gotten in on the act. There's food that gets sent in. The fans have a name for themselves. They have their own t-shirts. I mean, this thing has really taken off for you. Yeah. It's been exciting. And I, and I, and I love the fact that the, that the audience is taking it there, you know, that the fans are taking it there mm. uh, to that next level. And I didn't realize that, you know, again, like, you know, you realize now because people will private message just how important I guess the show was to them. And the truth is, was really them. That was important to me. I, you know, I needed to keep performing mm. just, just to stay alive passion wise as a musician and to have those, to have that many people tuning in was just was getting mind boggling. We were up around, you know, 500 then 600 then a thousand then 1500. Wow. Uh, Billy show went up to, 3,000 people watching at once. Wow. And then the, the episodes themselves, when they're finally done, have have between 50 to 100,000 views oh an episode. So, yeah, so it's it's been really nice. And it really was people, to me, it was, I'm grateful, Vic. We call it the Porch Family. That One of our fans, a young man named Noah, uh, he recorded me a video message of him playing a, an Elton John song, and he just, just thanking me for doing the Porch it brought me to tears. Mm. You know, I was in the hospital, just brought me to tears, literally. And uh, and it's been nicknamed the Porch Family ever since. So the fans <laughs> are now the Porch Family. And I uh, just love getting together with them every week, virtually, virtually and the after show where anything could happen. You know, it's <laughs> a little R-rated after show. It kind of gets, you know, like, all, you know, no holes barred there. So, uh, and it's been real, it's been real fun to interact with the fans and to, to really feel their love and their energy coming off of a, of a virtual performance. Uh, it's been really beautiful. It really has. Share with the audience of my show uh, where and when and how they can see Live on the Porch. Yep, it's just Mike. Uh, just look up Mike Del Judas on Facebook. It's the band, uh, official, my official page. And it's every Wednesday night and Saturday night at 8.30 uh, p.m. after the show usually follows. Uh, when I'm out on the road, like I am now, you know, the, the show kind of suffers a little bit as far as consistency and, and, and those, and those things. But when I'm back home, it'll, you know, we'll get back into schedule and, uh, and they can, they can check it out on there. Yeah. It's okay. uh, just Mike Del Judas on Facebook. Um, I wish I, you know, I'm, I'm a horrible uh, person at social media, so I wish I actually had the, you know, the forward slash kind of thing and give you the full <laughs> name, but I, can't quite grab that right now off my head. Well, but the important part is Mike Del Judas Facebook, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And so don't look for it on YouTube. In other words, you're not using StreamYard or something like that where it's out on multiple channels. It's just Facebook Live. Yes, just Facebook. Yeah, okay. but yeah, just doing it. That. Seems like my following was is way, you know, to go and start over again and try and build a following on a different stream just seems... Uh, I just don't think it works. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's kind of, I'm going to stick with where my fan base is. So. Sure. And just so the audience is clear, and, and folks, do go back and listen to my previous episode with Mike on episode 150, by the way. I'll even put a link to it on the show page for this episode. 
at nhte.net. But just so everyone is clear, there is Mike Del Judas, the singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, meaning who does his own original material. There is Mike Del Judas, who leads the Big Shot Band, which is the Billy Joel tribute band. And then there's the Mike Del Judas, who is part of Billy Joel's band. So all that having been said, Mike, the success of Live on the Porch is awesome. But before the coronavirus outbreak, what were your plans going to be for 2020? Because I'm sure they obviously changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, just like everybody else in the industry, I think the plans were to continue, you know, to keep going as as things were going. It was looking real busy. Uh, schedule was filled up. Lots of travel. Lots of you know hotels and airplanes and and uh, that all got you know that all got cut. That all got brought down to you know a halt. Um, and thank God, uh, Billy has been just kind enough. To, to, he's still taking care of us. He's still paying us and helping us. Wow. Uh, it's been amazing what he's done. Um, the generosity just knows no limits, honestly, with him. Uh, and he's not just doing that for the band. He's taking care of his crew. I mean, mm. basically everyone in the life. So it's, it's been really amazing uh, for that. But, yeah, the plans were to be, you know, we'd be doing stadiums right now. And, you know, instead of stadiums, it's studio. And that's okay because maybe if the stadiums were there, studio wouldn't get done yeah i was going to ask you were you planning on doing all this original mike del judas music this year or was it a case of well i guess i have the time now i might as well go a little more heavy on the accelerator with that stuff yeah it was definitely planned that we were going to do it we're going to get together and record oh okay as a matter of fact it was more planned more planned before almost we were having you know going to come up and get together but then the covid thing happened um, and then we've been home for so long we just came up here then. So regular work, you know, doing some gigs, solo gigs and porch gigs, actually live on the porch on the road, uh, in front of audiences. And then it just dawned on me. I'm like, wait a second, I'm up here now. You know, I got to do this. You know, I mean, the stuff's been, you know, really, you know, in the clip and ready to go. Uh, and I, and it was just the right, it's just the right time. But yeah, I had hoped to get stuff done, but again, I think I was thinking more in the line toward the lines of singles, okay. releasing a single at a time. I didn't put too much pressure on myself. Um, you know, you always have like a couple of songs that, you know, you think you, you like a lot and the rest, you kind of dead weight. And the other thing about releasing singles is they each get, they each get to be heard. Mm. Sometimes most songs get lost on an album. And if, if you're not an album kind of person, which most people now, not a lot of people nowadays aren't, they're very, you know, yeah. give it to me quick and let me hear the next one. Um, that a lot of a lot of good songs and good material can get lost on a record. So uh, it's been nice, you know, just thinking I'm just going to put it out as singles. And now it seems I've run into, you know, I've ran backward into an album. So I'm, I'm excited about it. <laughs> good, good. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Long Island, New York, by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Mike Del Judas. Visit his official website at mikedeljudas.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On his website, you will find links to connect with Mike on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. You can follow Mike on Spotify, but the better way to support him is to purchase downloads of his music from the likes of iTunes. I was on there this morning looking at all the music that he has on there, so do go check that out on there. Keep up with Mike online so you can see where and when you can go see him perform live and, of course, for his Live on the Porch online shows. You also heard him talk about his new upcoming album, so watch for news that he posts online about where and when you can purchase that. Don't forget about the survey that's out there about the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. Somebody who fills that out will win a $25 Amazon e-gift card in a drawing to be held on September 14th. Go to the show website, nhte.net, and among all the social media and podcast platform apps, use either the Facebook or Twitter logo to go to the top of one of those and use the link in the pinned post or the pinned tweet to go fill out the survey. Remember, too, that Mike Del Judas and I will have more conversation over in the bonus audio available exclusively through Patreon. Gain access by heading directly to patreon.com slash nhte or visit my show website, nhte.net, and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. Mike, we were talking about the plans you had before the pandemic hit, so now that it's been going for a while, unfortunately, separate from Live on the Porch, you've also been doing some virtual performances solo for charities and even corporate, I understand? Yes. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, corporations and companies, and uh, they still want to, you know, provide for the people that work for the entertainment if they can't do it live. Uh, so it seems like everybody's, you know, kind of moving toward that. So I kind of jumped on that pretty quick thinking that, you know, Hey, we might've lost a lot of gigs live, but you know, maybe they still want to do some stuff for, you know, for the people that work for them. And that's kind of how it goes about if That's how we've been kind of going about it. So yeah, doing some of those, enjoying those, you know, not more than, in, than playing in front of an audience, obviously both has been great. We just did a couple of gigs live on the porch at, Okay, he's in uh, Wantaw, where it was, you know, over the internet, but also to the to a, to a crowd, uh, smaller crowd, socially distanced, obviously. But uh, and it was real. That was really nice. Really nice to, to do the porch material in front of a live audience. Most of the time, people hear me in front of a live audience doing Billy or Big Shot stuff. So it's been nice to just do this and and uh, be able to kind of make my own way with it, do my own stuff. So. What- with the virtual performances that you're doing solo, whether it's charities or corporate, are you telling them this is what I'll play and it's original stuff? Is it Billy stuff? Is it no? I'm covering all kinds of different artists, Bruce, or or are they coming to you and saying we just want Billy's? Like, wh- what does that look like? Well, right now, I mean, it's kind of been the objective is to keep doing the porch the way I've been doing it, so. I really just do it the way I'm doing it unless a client will ask for a specific material, but I, w- I wouldn't want the whole, I wouldn't want a whole broadcast to be, to be di- a set was to be dictated. Mm. It kind of takes the, takes the wind out of the sails for me anyway, personally. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. You know, you want to give the client a piece of what they want, obviously, but uh, at the same token, you know, I, I would rather, I would rather not be dialing it in, so to speak. I'd rather have some, some passion behind it. And in order to do that for myself, a lot of the time spontaneity is what, what brings that. Sure. So it's kind of a mix of both, definitely a mix of both. We get, we take some requests. That kind of thing. Gotcha. You have also purchased an RV and have been traveling to perform for some private events. How are you enjoying that? I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I, I, you know, it's, it's been a, um, uh, a dream of mine to do this, especially me and Christina back in the day, we, you know, when we, we weren't fortunate enough to have any money at the time. And I was really, really struggling as a musician to make any money. We had lived in a, in a camper and, you know, in a friend's backyard when things mm. weren't so good and, and to, 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 to revisit it now, but in a, in a, in a, in a positive way. Um, it's been really nice. And not only that, but you know, it's spending time with the whole family. The dog, the boys are with us. My girls obviously don't live with us right now. They're older. Uh, but the boys and, and Max and Allie and, you know, traveling. Well, Allie's not with us, but Max is uh, all together. It's been really uh, it's been really nice. And wherever you are, you're home. You know, no matter where you're parking it. Mm. It's like what, what, no matter what city we drive through um, to do a show or whatever, uh, wherever we park inside of that thing, it's home. So it's uh, I love it. And it's, and it's really been the more affordable way. I mean, no airfare, no hotels. The cost of living, you know, dropped dramatically because of it. So yeah. that's been a big help, especially during during the COVID times. Outstanding. Sure. Outstanding. Well, just to shift gears a little bit here, I remember when I last interviewed you, there was a statement that you made about looking over on stage and seeing Billy Joel and just having that feeling of, wow, look at where I am and what I'm doing. And as awesome as that feeling is, I wonder if the personal highlight of the night for you is when he lets you do the, I don't want to mispronounce it, so I'll let you say the name, but it's the song where I want to say you might be singing in Italian. Yeah. And by the way, how did that come to be? With the catalog that he has, who had the idea of featuring you doing that? Uh, and and is that the highlight for you? Well, it's the scariest moment of the night for me, <laughs> yeah, by far, you know, but but yeah it's it's a, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment and a beautiful gesture on his part to do it i i had done a version of Ness, it's called Ness and Dorma and a lot of um you know a lot of people have covered the song it's one of the most popular arias ever to be sang and i had covered it and i put a video out on um on my facebook and on youtube of me just doing it in the studio and billy zampino who's a longtime friend of billy joel uh, and a very good friend of mine now, uh, just like a brother. He he heard it, he loved it, and without me knowing, he sent it to Billy. Uh. Uh, so Billy, Billy saw it, and then you know we we showed up at a stadium, one of the stadiums. I think it was in I think it was Washington, in D.C. I think, um, and 
I heard him like kind of messing around a little before the show on the piano a little bit. And he was, you know, and I think he had it in his mind that he wanted to use it, <laughs> uh, you know, because it was an Italian aria as a, as a prelude to Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. He's from an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I think he had that in his brain. I didn't know what he had in his brain. Wow. You know, I just saw, saw him kind of fumbling through chords and then that was it. He didn't say nothing. And then halfway through the show, oh he just starts gosh. playing it. Oh my gosh. And he looks over, he looks back at me and goes, well, you're going to do it or what? You know, like wow. I had no idea. He, Wow. No idea. And he went right from the middle of the song out to where the high note is. I remember I belted out. I thought to myself, well, this is it. Either I'm I'm a hero or a goat right now. <laughs> you know, I'm either going <laughs> to blow this or whatever. So I ended up getting through. I held the note out. I got it. I got the note out, whatever. He loved it, whatever. I I got such a muscle spasm in my stomach from hitting the high note that mm. here I am hugging him on stage and everybody's high-fiving me and crowd's going crazy and i am literally in horrible pain <laughs> with a smile on but with horrible i had to wait till that subsided it took oh like a good gosh. 10 minutes to subside oh so, my gosh but uh that, that's kind of how it happened and then <clears throat> after that all of a sudden i showed up at the garden and it was in the set list it was written and wow. i was like here we go wow and that was the that area night the first time doing it at the garden was the scariest because I saw it in the set list and it was all the way at the bottom of the set list. So I had like two hours to think about it. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you that the first, that first garden show was borderline pass out, mm. you know, like just, Oh my God, you know, it's a lot of people, every, you know, some of the greatest singers in the world have sang it. Um, yeah, it, it did help a little bit that the key, the key was in the key of Italian restaurant, not in the key that it's usually recorded uh, in. So that gives gave me a little bit of a, a boost to go, even if I'm, you know, not having the greatest night or I'm a little sick or I'm whatever, I, I hopefully could get through it still, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, and it, it became a thing. It just started getting written in and it's uh, it's been in there for a couple of years now. So I, I think it's kind of like the new prelude to you know the live prelude to uh, scenes from a tiny restaurant which is my favorite Billy song of all time so and I'm interested to hear you tell that because when you first started to say it I thought you were going to say you were most nervous because it was Madison Square Garden and you're thinking oh my gosh look at where I'm going to perform this now at least in Washington I was caught off guard but now he's having me do this in Madison Square Garden but I love the story that you told because it was like no Bruce I knew I was doing it and there it was at the bottom of the list and I had to think about it all night yeah. but it probably didn't help that it was Madison Square Garden you know oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I almost I, I will say I almost looked at him at one point and said nah, I'm not, not tonight but if you do that <laughs> once with Billy just once it's gone. Mm. It's not. It's not coming back. So wow. I knew it was. It was like, all right, I'm. I'm gonna do this. If I pass out, I pass out. I don't know what to say. You know, twenty thousand people watching, live or die, and he loves that stuff. He loves. I call it throwing you to the wolves. He loves yeah. to like. There's been many nights he'll just start playing a Zeppelin tune or something. And, you know, he's just like, go ahead, scream it, Mike. You know that kind of thing. And he does. He gives that to everyone in his band. He gives moments to everybody like that. In his nice. band. That's just. That's nice. just who he is. That's just how it is. So know? where do things stand with Billy today? Are there shows that were postponed from the pandemic to next year that you'll hopefully be back out on the road doing? And, and for that matter, is there anything else in the works for him that you're having to fill in dates on your calendar for? Because you do have all these other hats to juggle of, of solo mic and, and big shot and all that. No, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, uh, most of his dates are just getting moved to next year. I mean, you know, I, I don't, obviously nothing's happening this year. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen, and I think we'll just start rescheduling. It's going to be up to it's going to be up to Billy how he feels next year. You know, he's uh, you know he, he I know I know him. He loves music. And we'll, you know, we love what we do. We're musicians. We don't do it just for the dime. You know, we do yeah. it because without it, we're lost. We're lost. Yeah. So I would imagine that it's going to it's going to come back full force, and I think that the love that it may you know people say it'll never be the same, never be the same. Well. I'll tell you what, for the musician, just getting back in the room with the band and having the energy together and playing together, that's it right there. Mm. You know, and if we have an audience to experience that and witness it and to be there to, to add to the energy and give us that back, give us that feedback and energy back, then great. Uh, but, you know, who can tell what's going what's gonna to be or how long it's going to be right now? We don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. And, I, and I think uh, Billy's, Billy's a very wise man, um, very smart. 
and you know very sensitive to to what's going on on the planet very sensitive to what's going on you know with the people around him and sure. with his fans sure and i just i just trust i just trust he'll do the right thing for sure yeah no matter what it is it'll be the right thing but i hope we get back well, and listeners we certainly all hope that everything will open back up for business soon and that solo musicians and all the way up to the a-listers like billy joel can get back out there and we can go to places like Las Vegas, maybe, and, and see Billy Joel or other headliners. And to keep up with all that, I always recommend you really want to be reading the Access Vegas newsletter. You want to subscribe to that to know about everything. If Billy Joel goes there, you're going to go and see him, but you want to know what else is going on in Las Vegas so we can see as many events, attractions, shows, entertainment, casinos as we can. So subscribe to Access Vegas and get insider tips from people who are on the ground in Las Vegas giving you discounts, telling you how to maximize your time there, and telling you deals that you wouldn't otherwise know about. And this is savings that you don't need coupons for. Go to my show website, nhte.net, and click on the Access Vegas logo. And then when you go sign up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off, and then you'll get their newsletter in your inbox. You'll get access to their private Facebook group. They have all these special reports that you'll get as well, and you'll be all ready for when the world opens back up or when it's not open back up, but you want to go there anyways, whether it's in two months, in six months, or in a year, Vegas has always got something going on. So the best way to keep up with all the changes out there is to read the Access Vegas newsletter. Again, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and during sign up, put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Mike, we're going to do this in reverse order. I'm going to ask you about the song, after this, but first, tell the audience about the video that you put out at the end of May for your newest song. I'm wondering, by the way, as you talk about it for Where Do the Heroes Go, I'm wondering how much of the footage in that video is from your family's archives, perhaps. Uh, there's a small percentage of it. I didn't want to, I wanted to use universal footage. I didn't really want to do personal footage. I've done that with a lot of videos in the past, um, but there is some spots and they're, and they're crucial moments for sure. There's, there's uh, one scene of my, both my brothers at Christmas time opening up presents. And I, you know, that first, I think that's the first time my, my, my one brother, Joe ever, ever actually saw a home video of himself as a child. Wow. Cause we just didn't have that. You know? So that was one. And then there was the scene with my mom where she turns and looks at the camera and she does her famous thing that she always did where she closes one eye and makes a funny face with a one eye open <laughs> and one eye closed. So we, we grabbed those, but I, the rest of the footage was, was, um, you know, uh, per purchased footage, you know, stuff that we really thought would fit, you know, for everybody and make it universal so people could, you know, really get what they can get out of it and put themselves into the video. Okay, but for Mona Lisa, you said that Kevin James really helped conceptualize and storyboard an awful lot of that video, but obviously he had nothing to do with Where Do the Heroes Go? So who put this video together for you? Uh, Gia McKenna was the one that ended up putting the, the, the footage together, and um, uh, she, she did a fantastic job. She she's, uh, works out of Long Island and uh, just did a tremendous job. I mean, she you know, she had a good, she had a nice vision in her head, and I, and of course I, I I'm always there you know I'm sure. in the background either with 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 just direction as to where I see it and and the thing was do we do it do we do it to the lyric do we do the video to the lyric and make it you know storyline it or do we kind of let it just be imagery that you know can go in any direction and I think what we landed on was once we started putting it to the storyline we had to finish it that way. So um, most of all of the lyric is is direct to the storyline. All the video is direct to the storyline of the lyric, uh, and then we made it universal in the sections where there are no lyric. So there's a couple as an intro section, and then there's a breakdown section in the middle, a little solo thing that I do with my voice with no lyrics. And on those parts, we focused on the, the heroes that of, of the time. We focused on the, the police departments, fire departments, military. Uh, frontline workers uh, this all was happening you know during this covid thing so we, we we made sure that we touched on all of that and then the minute the lyrics came back in we went right back to the storyline uh, and we tried to make the imagery really match that so people could you know could feel it sure, could really feel sure. it sure 
Well, we are going to close with another song of yours, the single that you released in early June, the video that you're talking about now. The song is called Where Do the Heroes Go? Before you and I record some bonus audio for Patreon supporters, Mike, tell the audience all about the song itself, please. Yeah, the song, um, you know, my mom My mom passed in February of this year. Um, and it just, it, it just kind of... It kind of came to, to the culmination of like, man, it just seems like heroes, not only in my own life, but heroes in the world. There's people, just whole generation that I knew growing up with, they're all leaving. And then that got me to thinking about my childhood and just the people. And it was really a father and son conversation, you know, like a, a, a conversation that I wanted to have with my son. And it started as that, you know, hey, there's some let me talk to you. Um, and it was really me telling my son about all the heroes and the moments in my life that I had um, and hoping that really the culmination would be that one day at the end of it all that I would be that to him mm. and that's that's really the premise the premise of the song I come full circle I start talking to him on the first verse I come back to him for the last verse um, and that's how it ends but in the middle it's all you know imagery and, and lyric about my father uh, growing up in Miller Place and, you know, just the memories I had. And, it's, you know, the fact that when it, it's just so sad to think back on a lot of those memories because you just, you, you're never getting them back. And some of them were the happiest, could have been the happiest times of your life and most meaningful times and they're gone. And, and how else can we keep those memories going? Where do the heroes go? Well, the hero, where do the heroes go? They, they, they're gone, but now we're the heroes to somebody else. So the only way we can carry that on carry that feeling on and that energy uh, on is to be that way for our children and i think that that was the the real vibe that i was going for with the song was to tell my son a story about my childhood and about the heroes in my life that were also relatives of his uh and then also obviously to to bring it back full circle at the end and say look you know you know when your eyes grow cold and i'm not around anymore you know i hope that i'll be your hero too you know it'll be like you know that kind of thing so it's almost like a I guess it's been, you know, people have been calling it kind of like a modern day cats in the cradle kind of thing mm. uh, in that regard. So, I, yeah, and I, when I think about that, yeah, it definitely, it definitely goes goes that route uh, for sure. And the video really helped bring it bring it around. But the lyric really tells the story. You know, it's me and my brother John playing with a ball and then, you know, him, him getting older and graduating to girlfriends and things like that. And then my brother Joe, who was just always there for me, and us wrestling on the sod farms and, you know, making believe he was Jimmy Fly Snooker and I was <laughs> Superfly Snooker and I was Killer Khan, you know. Uh, and and thinking back to all those, so the lyric Superfly Joe comes to comes to mind uh, from Heroes. And my father just on his shoulders at Saint, on St. Paddy's Day, which was the one day of the year right on the corner where we lived in Tyler Avenue, was the one day of the year that uh, that I'll always remember because we got to see neighbors and, you know, my mom was very was tough. She was a tough woman and very secluded, so didn't leave the house much. And our families, even though we lived on the same block as a lot of people, she really kind of stayed inside. And that was the day that uh, me and my father just kind of went out and got out there. And uh, I was on his shoulders watching the parade. And those, those are memories that that'll just ring ring forever in, in in my brain. You know, when you have a lot of tough times growing up, or things are complicated in family situations the great moments really do shine. They stick out. Uh, and you remember them very easily. You know, certain holidays or certain things. And my family, certain holidays were disasters. They were always a disaster. And then certain ones were, like Patty's Day, were, were ones that I remembered with fondness, you know? Mm. Mike, I'll tell you, this has been outstanding. I, I remember why I enjoyed talking to you so much when we did the first interview. And it, it could be the songwriter in you, but... This has been fantastic. There's been two distinct times during our conversation when I wish this was a video so people could see the way that my face lit up with a smile over something that you said. And now at the end, you closed it out with a real emotional story about this song that, you know, kind of made me well up a little bit. So uh, really great to talk to you again. Thank you so much and uh, really appreciate it. Best of luck with the new album and great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Mike Del Judas. Do visit his official website at mikedeljudas.com. 
I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net, and then do engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. I myself have been doing all three of those since he was first on the show in late 2016. Subscribe to Mike's official YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there, including the videos for Mona Lisa and the song that we're about to play. For that matter, tell Mike you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. As you heard him say early in the interview, Mike has a new album coming out, so do keep up with him online so you can see when and how you can buy that, as well as potentially two more singles between now and then. Keep your eyes on what he posts as well for when and where you can see him perform live and or his Live on the Porch live streams on his Facebook page. I am inviting anyone and everyone to fill out the survey for this podcast. One lucky winner in a random draw on September 14th will win a $25 Amazon e-gift card. Go to the show website, nhte.net, and look for the Facebook and or Twitter icons so you can go to one of those platforms and access the link to the survey in the post and the tweet that I pinned to the top of those two feeds, respectively. Remember that there will be more from Mike Del Judas in exclusive bonus audio that will only be available through the Patreon for this show. You can get in at only five bucks, and in the process, you'll also unlock similar files for the last 36 weeks, and you'll be supporting me and what I do here every week. Just go to patreon.com nhte or use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button on the show website, nhte.net, and you will be on your way to gaining access to behind-the-scenes info that I give out on there, plus, of course, extra conversation with the podcast guests. For now, that will do it for episode 343. Thank you ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Mike Del Judas. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Where Do the Heroes Go? Hey there, son, let me talk to you. Let me tell you things that I need to teach you And it may take some time, please bear with me But maybe when you hear it, you will understand me A little more And hey there, daddy, you remember too Patty's Day Parade, Tyler Avenue Rocking on your shoulders to the sound of drums Nearly seven years old, but every ounce your son Where do the good ones go? Where do the heroes go? Hey there, Johnny, you remember how We'd be playing with a ball and the sun went down But when you got older, then you went your way But Johnny, nothing lasts forever but the things we say Where did my hero go? Hey there, Joey, guess I never thanked you Johnny went away, there was always you All of those years you were all I had But people grow different, Joe, you understand I'm thinking about Superfly Joe Where do the heroes go? Looking at you A little Prince Deli with the golden curls Won't wrap you in my arms through this crazy world No, I wasn't there when you were born I've tried to forget it, but the hurt's so strong Treasures we find 
Where do the heroes go? 